Be the Good with Kate shows each of us how it is possible to find and follow our passions at any age. But not only that, we can do this while making the world a better place along the way. I'm Kate Cherichello, and I'm on a mission to shine a light on the positive news all around us. I hope Be the Good with Kate inspires you to live your purpose and go out and be the good in the world. Guests have included a Broadway music director, ex-convict, hospital clown, nonprofit leaders, people who've lost those closest to them, people who have found their calling in their 60s, and my kindergarten teacher. Join me each week as I have the honor of sharing these stories with you. You can find Be the Good with Kate on all podcast platforms and YouTube. Subscribe there or go to katechericello.com/slash/be-the-good to be updated when new episodes are released. Great. Welcome back to Be the Good with Kate. I'm excited to share with you Jonathan Fitzgordon today. And as my listeners know, I have a fitness background. I love things that really dive into physical well being and especially when it ties into mental well being. So, very excited to introduce you to Jonathan. He has created the Rejuvenation Movement Method and it aims to help people age gracefully and live pain free lives. He's also the creator of the Core Walking Program. So as release party and the be your own healer program. So we're going to dive into five questions, give or take a follow-up and hopefully leave these listeners with that inspiration to follow their passions and make a difference along the way. Jonathan, thanks for being here. Well, thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. So first tell me more about who you are. I'm currently 60 years old. And in, when I was 32, I discovered or rediscovered yoga. Uh, I did yoga when I was like six years old. My mother made me do it with a bunch of girls and it wasn't really what I wanted at the time. But even then I, I had a facility for it. Though I, they, No one understood why I was able to do full splits and things like that. And then, so at 32, I started doing yoga in Manhattan in the East Village. And I, I just, I, my body was built for it. And I didn't realize at the time that I'm, I am hypermobile. My joints are just too loose. I hyperextended my knees like crazy. And in the yoga context, they were like, you know, go for it. You, you could put your feet behind your head. I could do all sorts of crazy tricks. And for two years, that felt great. And then my knees started to go. And <clears throat> where I did yoga, they didn't really teach alignment. It was just you know, go for it. And I certainly did. I was doing it six days a week for upwards of two hours a day. And then eventually just my knees started to hurt badly enough. I ended up in the orthopedics, in an orthopedist office. And long story short, had three knee surgeries. Um, my meniscus, at one point I tore the whole meniscus off the mooring of the, the bone and it was all fine. You know, I had a surgery, physical therapy, yoga, got hurt again, surgery, physical therapy. And then after the third surgery, I was on my yoga mat ready to do it all again. And one of my teachers just said, what are you doing that's going to prevent a fourth surgery? And, and it blew my mind, actually. I really was like, oh, my God, like, I, am, I am going to have a fourth surgery if I don't figure out why this keeps happening. So at this point, I'm like 35. And in the time of my surgeries, I really feared I was never going to be able to be active again. I was never going to be able to do all these things I loved. And um, I would bike all over the city. And 
so at that moment, I just, I took a step back and I started to learn about my body and what my mobility, why, I, what does it mean to be too loose and how I would hyperextend my knees and, and learned about posture and walking. And, you know, I was my own first client. I started teaching myself how to walk and thought it was really interesting. So I owned a yoga center at the time. And I decided, let me just see if my students want to learn how to walk in this weird thing I'm doing. And they were really into it. And uh, it was, I didn't even think it was going to be for pain relief as much as this is interesting to walk differently. And everyone started reporting, oh, my, my back pain is gone. My knee pain is gone. And that led to an article in the New York Times, which was uh, a long time ago now, 2008. But that all of a sudden gave me a business, you know, you get an article in the times and now people are happy to pay you to fix them or, and you know, I'm, I don't fix people. I don't touch people right now. At this point, I only work on zoom. I work with people all over the world, but on zoom and, and um, I'm a guide to help people fix themselves. And it turns out that no one really stands well. No one really walks well. It's not that hard to change either of those two things. Same thing with exercising correctly, but it's it's not as simple. You know, it's very simple on one level, but you know, these are patterns and habits that we're not designed to think about too much or designed to change. You know, I, I walk, therefore I think I walk correctly, but it doesn't really work that way. I'm so happy that you're shedding the light on this, that you are here today because it's so crucial. And I hear it all the time with people, like you said, the low back pain, the this pain, the that pain. And there's so much to how we move. We've had a couple people on here talk about chronic pain and different uh, methods and just kind of all of that. So what was it that made you specifically want to focus on walking as opposed to being kind of a generalist for movement or, you know, there's different methods. How did you decide it was walking? I'm going to hone in on that. It's such a strange thing to say, but I was literally in the car with my brother one night and he said, what are you going to do with your life? And off the top of my head, I said, I'm going to teach people how to walk. And it was pretty much that simple. And, and as I started to look into it, there aren't a lot of people teaching people how to walk. There's like, there's a lot of walking for uh, rehab, you know, like for hip replacement and, and um, car accidents. So you might be in, in not be able to walk anymore. So you go to rehab to learn how to walk. There's a lot of fitness walking out there. There are a lot of really amazing people teaching walking for fitness which is not at all what I teach. So I started to look into it. There are a couple of people, there are a couple of people on the West Coast that um, are do work similar to mine, but the idea of teaching a natural, normal walk, it, it was it's not out there very much. And at the time I was very interested in rolfing. Um, I love, if you're familiar with rolfing, which is myofascial uh, release, it's a you know, you can look at it as a fairly intense form of uh, massage where they they work your fascia instead of muscles. And um, I love that practice enough that I named my daughter 
my daughter Ida for the creator of Rolfing, Ida Rolf. And Rolfing is this thing that works in a 10-part series where you, you go for 10 sessions, it rebuilds your whole body and you move on. So I was really interested at the, at the time. So that's when I created an eight-part walking program. I said, let me get people in here for eight sessions. And, and in the beginning, I was pretty strict, like you're not allowed to use your headphones and you can't carry bags. And people immediately were like, you're out of your mind. I'm in New York. I go everywhere with my headphones and my bag. So I let that go. But it, it just became a, a program of if you spend time making simple, basic changes, you can change the way you walk and stand for the better. The thing about chronic pain and the pain of people I work with, it isn't that the way you walk is why you're in pain. But for a lot of people, the way we walk keeps us in pain. That the way we walk prevents us from making the most of our uh, physical therapy or rehab. And the way I like to look at it is, you know, I'm really a big fan of chiropractors and I love my orthopedist. I have no regrets about my three knee surgeries. I don't think I would have them again or maybe even need them again. But I tell people that you need to partner with your practitioners. And as a society and a culture, we really love to be told, well, you have this, take this, and you'll be better. And what I realized is it just, it, it does work for a lot of people. I should say that. A ma majority of the world gets to go through life without too many complications. And, but that's not everybody. And I, I like to separate it like 80, 20, you know, like 80% of the world gets through life with no problem. And 20 people are more sensitive than that. And but everybody should be partnering with their doctors and chiropractors and massage therapists to better take care of themselves. So that was a, a big part of what led me to do what I do. Is there something that surprises you most about where you are now? That's a great question. Um, the thing that surprises me most is the categories of people I help. And I tend to help people in fairly specific categories. Like people are not finding their way. People find their way to me in the middle of the night when they're Googling desperately for a solution to something that medicine hasn't helped, surgeries haven't helped. And it's so as it turns out, almost 20 years later, um, you know, people tend to fall into buckets and two of the bigger buckets for me are hypermobility, which was my story, that my joints are just too loose and what works for other people doesn't work for me. What made me really good at advanced yoga actually led me to get injured. So hypermobility is something that continually surprises me, that every, every new client I get, there's a moment where I go, wait, do you realize that you're hypermobile, even though I didn't even necessarily see it in the beginning? And they go, no, I'm incredibly tight. And I, the truth is, though, your muscles can tighten up around loose joints. Doesn't work that way for everybody. My hypermobility is of the loose kind. I'm just, I'm loose everywhere. So hypermobility was is continues to surprise me. And then the other bucket or category, and that's connected to hypermobility, is sensitivity. Um, 
that I tend to work with highly sensitive people, which is now a diagnosis in you know therapy, which wasn't, I think, even 10 years ago. And that um, that's back to that kind of 80-20 idea where 80% of the world can go, can take medications and have no negative effects. 80% of the world can go in for a surgery and have no negative effect. But then the what do the 20% do? What are the 20% of the people in the world who are more sensitive than others? And they just, when they go to the wrong doctor who doesn't understand their sensitivity, what, what are they going to do? So, um, well, truthfully, they'll Google at three o'clock in the morning and hopefully find me and begin a different kind of healing journey. And there's a question that I've been asking people this season that just ties in so well. You're you're sharing good news by doing what you're doing, by helping people, by showing people there's a better outcome. Why is it important in general that we share and highlight good news and the positive results and not just focus in on all the bad news around us? Oh, that is a <clears throat> that's a great question that I need to apply to my parenting of my uh, two teenagers. <laughs> Uh, man that's it's so it's great because it is so easy to be negative and it's just it's you know when I when I when I meet people I, I tend to people find me when they're at their lowest ebb and part of what I have to do is instill a belief that things can change Right. That is still a belief that, yes, you don't have faith anymore that you can get out of the pain that you're in or that you can get better sleep or that you can dan go dancing again. You know, so um, it just it, it makes it makes it simple for me to, to act positively in the sense that if I don't, um, my clients are just going to feel worse. So. But what's really great about that, you know, I talk to my kids and I'm like, wow, like my clients can be frustrating, you know, um, but I never exhibit any frustration with my clients the way I do with my kids when they behave in very similar ways, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's a, it's just a great question. Um, and it's funny, it's just in my work, it's easy to be positive. And in, in life, I can easily be like my clients. I have injuries that don't go away. I have pains. When, you, when you're a hypermobile like me, you're just going to get injured. I trip all the time. I twist my ankle all the time. I'm always recovering from something or, or other. And 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it always got me down. It always made me like real. I really did. I, I wasn't kidding that I thought I'd never be able to do so many of the things that I can do again. And one of the things that I'm teaching people is because I know my body so well now and I know I know when I get injured. Oh, that's OK. This is what happened. This is how my body works. It's going to take a while, but I will get injured. And one of the things I tell people is like even 1% better means you're getting better. Like it can be terrifying to get, to be hurt, you know, and um, not to share about my mother-in-law, but I'll share about my mother-in-law. She has a, a pain that she's having a lot of trouble 
dealing with. And she injured herself, I believe, trying to get out of the bathtub with no hands, which is a very good thing to work on. And it just so happens that uh, last year I was working on standing up from a sitting position with no hands, and I had a really intense injury. Um, uh, I pulled something in my diaphragm, and here I am, you know, quasi-professional at what I do, and I'm walking down the street with my wife going, I think I'm having a stroke. Like, I, I've never had a pain like this before. I can't believe the pain, I, like stabbing pain, shooting pain, my shoulders. I, I thought it was a heart attack or stroke because it was a shooting pain down my arm. And it took me a while, but I finally made a connection to that exercise I was doing, trying to stand up. And I said, oh, OK, I now know why it happened. I'm not doing that anymore. And that particular injury took like six weeks to get out of acute pain. But what it would help me, so I'm talking to my mother-in-law and I said, well, why? Nothing happens for no reason, right? Why did this shooting pain, she started getting pain on both, down both legs, which she had never had before. She had a history of one leg. And um, then she finally re remembered, oh, you know, I had this thing where I was trying to get out of the bathtub with no hands. And I said, you know, we don't know that that's exactly what happened. But I actually think it very likely is because I have a injury of my own to relate to it. And I said, let's just, there's not much I can tell you to do at the moment. You know, she knows my stuff. She, she walks well, she stands well. I said, so let's just monitor. And she's getting better. Right? Okay. She's healing. Um, but that the terror of being in pain that you don't understand where you think you're never going to heal is so debilitating. And so in a lot of ways, I'm just teaching people learn to trust yourself, right? 1% better means better. It's not as not where we want to be necessarily, but if we're patient and persevere, we'll get to where we want to go. Just like searching, not giving up, just keep searching for that root cause or who could help keeping that hope. Absolutely. And Jonathan, you know, I, I'm hearing like how you found that you have a passion for what you're doing through your own experience. And it's something that seems very specific that a lot of people probably wouldn't have even thought of, right? Like, oh, why, why focus on walking? Why focus on these parts of the body? And what would you tell someone who wants to make a difference like you are, but they don't know where to start. Maybe their their brain is spinning with ideas and how they might be able to. Any advice you could give them? That's another great question. Um, yeah, my, my instinct is to say, trust your instinct. Okay. But I will, I will be honest that it's not always the easiest thing to do or tell somebody, you know, so I'm, I've always been an iconoclast. I'm actually a high school dropout. I, um, I left school really young. It never worked for me. My mother would say I hated kindergarten. Um, and uh, so I'm an autodidact by nature. I loved learning, loved reading, but school authority and we, we just didn't get along. Um, and I had a trust, you know, my, I had a trust that that's okay in a, in a, in a world, in a culture where I grew up, where it really wasn't okay. 
nobody was dropping out of school and it just it didn't work for me and then the walking like it i'm not i w wasn't kidding where it kind of came off the top of my head and so i i personally try to live a very intuitive life and the work i do is really strange because there's no blueprint when i meet a client it's they've tried everything they've tried the traditional things so i have to really be very open to intuition to search for a solution for us to work on together um and that is both really freeing at 60 i trust my intuition more than i did at 40 you know so that is really freeing and makes what I do in, incredibly fulfilling for me. Um, I, I just love what I do and um, cannot believe how happy it makes me. And so a lot of that is instinct and intuition. And I, so, and this isn't to be dark. I, I think I would like to encourage everyone to follow their instinct and intuition but I am also not under the illusion that it can work for everyone. Sure. Um, but it really, it's been the guiding light for me. And I did not trust it when I was younger, nearly as much as I trust it now. And I'm also hearing that lifelong learning, that constant growing. That's so important. Absolutely. I see your, um, your little cat in the background wanting to get out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> In and out, in and out, in and out. In and out, in and out. <laughs> My dog's somewhere cozying up to another human right now, I'm sure. Um, Jonathan, this, this has been so wonderful. And where can people find you online? So I'm kind of, you know, all over. My my website is corewalking.com, C-O-R-E-W-A-L-K-I-N-G.com. And I'm on Facebook under a re Rejuvenation Movement Method, the website's the easiest because I have a blog on there. And if you're interested in what I do, I have a lot of resources out there. I have a YouTube channel and I have a blog. And like I said, I work privately with people, but there are a lot of ways to work with me. I, I teach mostly online, so I teach workshops and yoga classes. I have a membership program and I'm definitely out there doing what I do. Yeah, you absolutely are. And truly look him up online. I've been in a deep dive of your resources the past day um, and saving things about the psoas and, and all of that. So thank you for what you're putting out there. And uh, something I love about this episode that's happened is we I feel like we've gotten a class on following your instincts and that kind of big picture, how to follow our passions, but also a dive into really thinking about how is our body moving through space? How are we taking care of it? So thank you so much for sharing with us today, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. In taking classes over the years or observing workout videos, one major piece that is often missing, stressing safety and form. Additionally, group fitness classes are often marketed as being open to all levels, yet how often do instructors not give modifications nor progressions so that each participant truly can get what he or she needs out of the class? 
So that's why I created the 101 series, which take things back to basics with three separate courses, Bar 101, Pilates 101, and Hit 101, focusing on safety and efficiency so you can maximize your workouts, be confident when you step into a group fitness class or workout on your own, be strong in your execution of the most common exercises, and be proud of yourself for taking these huge steps forward on your health journey. Check it out at bebykate.com. The link is in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.